0: Species, you worthless cunt! Allow me to explain something to you. The fire marshal and I actually add something of value here. You're just part of the eighty-one percent of Griswold.com refugees who go largely unnoticed here. Moreover, you wouldn't be missed if you died in a fucking. Fu- Pack up your shit, go and spend a special night, fucking timer, while you guys formulate
1: departure plans, and get on the fuck back to DoogieKnights.com. Another one.
2: All right, we be
3: the
1: best. I'm out. Uh, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him
0: i could be like
4: an announcer like a color man you know i always make those interesting comments during the game yeah yeah you make good comments the weather is perfect the
2: field is fast at the rose bowl for tonight's ball game
1: Well, we got four of us today instead of three is the Nacho Man Savage uh, joins us from the state of Kentucky Um, and uh, Huskies beat the Oregon State Beavers 22 to 20. And gentlemen, I guess the first question I want to ask, we'll start with you, Wooly. This is almost like one of those mysteries of life. Please explain to me why the Washington special teams can track and tackle so beautifully and so well but our defense misses about 75
0: tackles a game. Uh, you know, my only thought is they have to, uh, one, I think Bruner is always on the kickoff team, so, you know, there's the one guy who can actually tackle on the whole defense. Uh, when I was uh, in high school, we had a, a an assistance, assistance, assistance volunteer coach, and he uh, told us about how he was going to, create a defense that he was going to pitch to our team called the creeping D where the entire defense uh, backed up and started running before the ball was snapped and then they all sprinted uh, and were running as the, like, you know, once the team snapped, snapped the ball, that was his brilliant idea. So maybe they need to adopt the creeping D. Uh, so that's my, Well, that's my, uh, I'll say this. I don't know. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, but we oh. had a thing where. One game a year, the juniors and seniors, uh, the girls played flag football against each other. We we installed the creeping D, and it was unstoppable. I think we forced the, uh, <laughs> the other team. The, other, the, the other team, the other the other team, like literally had like minus a hundred yards rushing because they couldn't get the ball. They couldn't successfully snap the ball and get out of the backfield before them <laughs> so, yeah, every time. Uh, it was pretty amazing, uh, but no, yeah. yeah I, uh, I... it's. Oh,
1: no, if I could jump in to add to that.
0: Uh, I played for like
1: six or seven years with the the Sammamish Bengals, and we, had, uh, we always had a horrible offense, but we always had a pretty good defense. But we installed something one year called the Bengal Blitz, where we would send all 11 guys. And yeah. um, we would run it in practice and just completely – we looked like the 91 Huskies, you know, just total yeah. domination – and uh, this is actually uh, one of Dave Hoffman's favorite stories. He always busts a gut every time I uh, bring it up. And then we ran that play twice. We ran the bingo blitz twice in games, and both times it gave up, like, 70-yard touchdowns. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then if, if Hoffman was here right now, he'd be going, yeah, because he, he loves this part. Well, we were playing Merce, the Mercer Island Foxes on a Saturday morning when it was foggy, and I, I was playing defensive tackle, and we all went flying in there and their little running back squirted through. And then I remember just turning around and just seeing this little, little midget running back disappear into the fog. And uh, so
5: <laughs> there's,
1: there's anyways, there's my little cool story, bro. So go ahead, Jack, to finish your yeah. thought. Thanks for letting me do that.
0: Oh, no, I realized I was going to be negative and say, uh, yeah, the, it's also the defensive line, never able to just break through and get a guy down, but they did. They had a, they definitely had like half a dozen plays where I think uh, the Trice and Thule and them got in the backfield and were able to stop the Beavers for a TFL. So that was some improvement, you know, with the with the tackling thing, uh, uh, you know, because that's been a problem all year. You just don't see if the defensive line break makes a play, they just they don't finish it, so it always ends up being like a ten yard gain anyways. It's almost worse when they like blow something up a lot of times. And
1: moving Trice around a lot, I, I
0: love that. You're an officer. Yeah, you don't know where no. he's coming from. Yeah, I, I assume he might have made some – he's already made probably good money, but his those run plays where he was able to blow up and take him down the backfield, I think that really showed well, and it, it kept him on their toes.
1: So any other thoughts? Obviously, we're pleased. I, I'm not going to strain ourselves this week to be super positive and, uh, and everything. We're just going to be what we are, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. So, well, if we, fire we cone is and
5: so, happy.
2: If fire so negative now on the boards. And what, you know, what are we so positive? What do we got to be positive <laughs> for? <laughs> you know,
1: well, you know, I mean, once again, it was like the same formula again, it, it, you know, it's like, all these things that make you want to pull your hair out, and yet we did some good things, and you can't walk away saying it was a thrilling, satisfying victory. But it's like, damn, they won again. They're eleven and zero. This is really amazing from that standpoint. And 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 I'm not I'm not super pissed off at the defense this morning, and that's the difference. So, Nacho, do you have I'll, a side?
5: Yeah. I'll or or did Joey, did
1: you want to? Oh, okay. Uh
2: I'll say this, you know, uh I think Mrs. Nacho's watched just about every game with me um that's been on t v here she may have missed one, but uh the one thing we we both talk about you know after after every game we we even talked about this morning is like each game for this team is like a season unto itself, each and every one it's it seems so different from you know there's something different happening that you know they they like the Boar said they find a way to win. There's a couple like common things though that uh, you can always count on. One, a shit ton of missed tackles by our defense. And two, we don't know how to defend a fucking screen pass to save our lives. <laughs> Just, I like, I'm sitting there watching, and we had we had they ran one, and I can't remember if it was on their. Uh, it was in the second half. It was I think it was their field goal drive. Um. Cooley is the only D-lineman who recognized it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like you saw him turn. He was about, you know, took like it looked like three steps, and he's like, oh, shit, screen. Meanwhile, the other three guys are just flailing towards uh Lele, and they, they don't get there. And then the back end of the defense is like, what is this magic? What is this? How does this thing work? We've never <laughs> seen this before. No, you saw it in the first half. You freaking couldn't stop it. Then you've seen it just, you know, so many times throughout the year, and it's just so – It's one of those things, it's like it's a mystery how they, one, they can improve their tackling, um, and and two, uh, the screen pass, uh, how much, and I'm talking just, you know, a traditional screen, not bubble screens, et cetera. Um, Sure, sure. Yeah, and and, and so, and I'll say this one thing, you know, last week I I sat with uh, Joey and Willie, and and Joey and I were talking about, uh, I think, Elijah Jackson. You, know, you see him play so far off the ball and I think that's because he, he lacks top-end speed and athleticism. And then when he comes up to make a tackle, he comes up and he's not athletic enough to break down. He's like coming in like, you know, the uh, oh, Tasmanian devil. And he just, he can't break down and make the tackle. Although last night, he he did come up, you know, he was playing, giving the guy a cushion, came in and make a sweet tackle, um, you know, limited the guy to one or two-yard gain. So, he, you know, he can do it. It just you see him, and I think that's kind of across the defense. We we lack some of those great athletes that are able to you know, cover a lot of ground and then when they get there, break down and make the tackle.
1: And Bruner obviously made his presence felt, and I, I can only speculate that he's a bit undersized at like 225 or so, and I'm guessing that's why the coaches don't have him playing more. But, I mean, I think he's shown himself that even if Tupatala comes back healthy, Bruner needs more uh, reps in there. Absolutely. Joey, do you have a thought there? Yeah,
2: there was a uh, there was a play. I want to say it was the second quarter. You remember when uh, Bruner comes, you know, knifing through the – like, he recognizes the run, and he comes knifing through the line and makes a, you know, a tackle for loss. Mm-hmm. It was probably like a one or two yard loss,
5: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and I remember like I looked over it. Uh, it was either Willie Dug or my buddy Jeff, uh, who was watching the game with us. I was like, I was like, do you ever see Tuputala do that? And we've no. seen him do that at, at at all this year, you know. And, and but Berner comes in, and I think after that play, I said like, that guy's gonna win the game for us. That guy is going to win this game for us, and, and for, I mean, if it weren't for Jabbar Muhammad, you know, I mean, you'd have a, you'd have a slam dunk defensive player of the game. But I mean, Jabbar Muhammad was, you know, pretty pretty incredible last night, and and Thule, you know, Thule too, you know, one one player from each you know level of the defense. You know? Yes, Thule and and because uh, Thule was. Thule was causing havoc on the on the front line. You know, he's just you know, maybe not not a uh, quick enough to make uh make all these plays, but he had that one where he dove, he dove down um you know, and, and got <laughs> Damian Martinez in the backfield. Yeah, that was pretty great. I can picture that play that Nacho's was talking about where he's the only one that recognized the screen. And I wonder if he watches the film. And it's like, yeah, you know, if I if I just backpedal,
0: you know, like <laughs> shuffle
2: shuffle backwards next time, you know, all I because it looked like he turns around, and he's trying to find the running back, and the ball is going, you know, like over his right shoulder, you know, and, and all it, and all he really had to do was was recognize it and just kind of backpedal and put his hands up, mm-hmm. and he could have batted it down and blown it up, but uh, you know, uh. Brunner looks – every time he comes in, he's making some kind of play. Uh, You know, maybe – I I mean, it's probably a little bit of favoritism because we all love his dad so much, you know. But uh, every time he comes in, I mean, he makes that – he forces that fumble, which was huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Force that fumble after, you know, Bully Duke says – uh, yeah, as, as Wooly Duke says, you know the beavers, uh, beavers get that punch out, which never works, except, except for the it works against the huskies. Uh, <laughs> so that that was a big play, and he also tipped. Uh, did he? He tipped a. Uh, he tipped the first interception, right? Didn't he tip it? Yeah. Yeah. He, no, I think it was the second one. The first one was a deep ball, and at the end of the half, it was the second one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one you got sand on. Balling. Oh yeah,
5: yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, that's about, about the one at the end of the half. Yeah, and here, here's what's funny. You know, if, if Muhammad, you know, I, I get it. You're a DB. The ball's coming to you. You catch it. But I, I think that was fourth down, wasn't it? And yeah, I?
0: yeah, well, yeah was. It, I it, was it, yelling. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, bat it down, and then we get the ball to fifty. We, you know, we're going to take a shot right there. It was like, oh, missed opportunity. But again, I get it. You're,
1: you know, you're out there playing. You're like, fuck, the ball's coming right at me. I'm catching it.
2: So. Yeah.
1: Here's another mystery of the universe: Why was Oregon State targeting Muhammad so much? <laughs> Babushka. Uh.
5: <laughs>
2: he does some bizarre shit when he plays the Huskies. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Their receivers. And I just want are... to say this. The, uh, ukulele is not a great quarterback. No, like, I haven't watched him a lot, but holy crap, he's just no. like he had one pass where, a couple different passes, just like sailed. And you know they talked about like, oh maybe the receiver thought he was supposed to do this or whatnot. Uh, but there's a couple. I was like, God, let this guy throw and play play nine in the box, play ten, let him throw. Uh, he's not. No, here. I mean, it, it,
1: in his defense, of course, the weather was horrific for
0: most of the game, but I agree with you. Yeah, no, that's a It's gr- a good point because like every time when they snapped the ball, and I saw, him, I saw him hang on to the ball like he's dropping back. I like internally celebrated a little bit. Like, okay, oh, yeah, they're, not, they're not just, uh, they're not just running the ball. Like, or he's not just gonna run because yeah, I mean he. Uh, fuck, they, they almost, they almost should like ran the option with him because he's, he's hard to t- he's hard to tackle and take down. Uh, and they're Martinez. I mean, they really, obviously too, uh, they were only going to run Martinez so much. And whenever he was out, the other running backs were a, a huge drop off too. So I was getting mm-hmm. the same thing. Like I, I celebrated whenever I looked at the running back it was like, Oh, it's not Martinez. Like they, other guys really did nothing against them. Uh, yeah, he's not, Ugalele is not, a uh, not a scary quarterback. So it's, uh, the, they put the other guy in, the true freshman, who is like Aiden Childs. I know he was a guy, I think, a lot of people on the board, and I think the staff wanted, and he, for some reason, stuck with the fucking Beavers. Uh, yep. Uh, I've seen
5: him,
0: seen him do anything particularly impressive, and it's kind of another weird Jonathan Smith thing where I'm like, why are they putting in the backup for, like, a drive or two? It's, and I've seen him do that, and he, like, throws a pick, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, it's, yeah, uh, it's like, weird. It's like when
1: we used to weird. bring in Lundquist. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah it's like, what like... are we doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it, I don't I, know.
1: I, I oh, yeah. laugh because I, when, I, Aiden, when Aiden Childs came in, and somebody on the boards, I don't know if it was Spoonie or whatever, and they went, Aiden Childs? <laughs> or they called him Jackie Childs. This is outrageous. do <laughs> yeah. Don't you? Don't yeah. you... <laughs> you know, it, it was all this big log which was just well, hilarious and egregious. Egregious.
2: Yeah. Look <laughs> at your face; he looks like a goblin.
5: <laughs> your face is my case. Uh, I'm just going to say okay. this because I know
2: we're going to be listening to this tomorrow. Uh, we're driving down to Nashville. Mr. Nacho said, "Hey, as soon as this is out, I want to listen to it on the drive." Those were all Seinfeld references.
5: <laughs>
1: you know it. Every one of them. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just take a quick detour on this though, but Nacho, you uh, you texted me this. I don't think you mind me telling the story. It was like two or three weeks yep. ago, and you said you got uh, you got into a car with your wife, and then like some an aunt and a cousin <laughs> or something. You, why yeah. don't you tell the story? It's a quick one, so, but it's
2: a great uh, one. Uh, Yeah, uh, back in April, we had some – my wife's cousins were in town, and they are late 60s, early 70s, and my my wife's car is weird. It will pick up my phone on Bluetooth sometimes, whenever it likes. Uh, I could drive that car for three straight days across the country and have my car on Bluetooth, and every time I get back in, I'll have to reconnect it. But just random times, it'll pick up my phone. So one of the last things I had been listening to was one of the pods, and I get in, and the volume's down low. Uh, we're all kind of talking and laughing, and I hear the pup
3: intro, <laughs> and I
2: am fucking just pressing buttons as fast as possible to beat that <laughs> pup. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> a small leader could be considered a handicap
5: <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh. So... Yeah, Babushka just like last year, um he was doing some weird stuff uh late in the game as I recall. And uh and then the the fascination with throwing deep down the sidelines against uh he even had they had that one pass that Ukulele threw down the right sideline in the fourth quarter there and the receiver was just like a, a, a you know just a, a less than a yard off the sideline and Jackson's running with him and the you know the quarterback had nowhere to really put that football. And it was like a gift. And to me, if I'm the Beeves, I'm you know, I'm spreading the field and giving it to Martinez about 25 to 30 times. So.
2: Didn't Jackson run that guy out of bounds? Like you even saw the yep. refs. Half, yeah, he
1: bumped him a little,
2: little yep. but. Oh no, that's legal. I mean, that was a completely legal bump. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't egregious. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Still still thinking Jackie Childs, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep. I think I think we put a Jackie Childs as a five on our
1: Oh, you mean the the side characters thing?
0: Uh oh, we just lost somebody. I'm still here. You lose I think we lost we lost Joey, but I'll say Babushka was very good at being like the only Team this year that hasn't just found Elijah Jackson and gone on it and got at him every other play. <laughs> so I was, yeah, yeah I a was good like, kind of, yeah. I, I don't know how they weren't able to do that because I that's what everyone's done to great success, especially on like third down. You just always see, okay, it's third down and you look and you're, you find wherever Jackson is and like that's where they're going. Uh, but I yeah. think also. I I saw it early because they were saying, you know, no Asa, no uh, Becky London, no uh, Vincent Nunley, uh, who looked good against Utah, and you're like, shit. But with the way Oregon State plays with that ground and pound, they were able to only use two safeties a lot, which was nice uh, because (laughs) it's like that third safety is where it all falls apart. Uh, So maybe we'll see them do that more against other teams uh, down the stretch because it was nice not to have – that third safety who just can't play, just getting abused the whole time. So that that, that was, uh, I think, a fortunate matchup, in my opinion.
1: And maybe the inclement weather helped us in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked at the stats. I was kind of surprised Martinez ended mm-hmm. up with – I think Joey said it last night. I just looked it up. Martinez only ran for, like, 4.7 uh, a carry, which is pretty su- – Pretty low for modern college football offenses right now. Or uh, against, uh, two, against yeah, for, especially against Washington and uh, yeah, their uh, their other running backs were four carries Fenwick for uh, four. Y- yeah, Fenwick, Their other running backs were four carries for four yards. So they did a they uh, were pretty good against the run, and uh, they didn't let any of their like jaggy. Washington from the state of Washington tight ends do anything either. So uh that that was that was nice.
1: The Beavs didn't have a six foot five, two hundred and forty pound tight end out of seaside Oregon that torched us <laughs> for ten catches for two hundred yards. No. I mean we were talking about this
2: we were talking about this, this week. Every time you watch the Beavers. The Beavers have, you know, a good running back. Uh yes seems like they always have a slot receiver with the last name Bolden. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, they'll always get, they'll always get a, a tight end and, and or a, like a defensive end from the state of Washington that the Huskies could have got. And they'll, they'll always have like a guard or a tackle from the state of Washington that, you know, the Huskies could have got. Seems like it, it it seems like they, they've always got something at those four four or five positions, you know, that, uh, the scouts, scouts just missed or something.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, like they have the, they were pumping up their offensive line a lot and I didn't really, I didn't find them that impressive, uh, which they have a guy who's like getting projected like a top 10 pick from Tacoma at right tackle, uh, but you know, I I think they did a decent job. The offense, their offensive line never felt like it was like they were just uh, you know controlling anything, controlling the game.
1: Mm-hmm. When 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 the Beavers on that last drive, uh, and I even uh, I even texted uh, you, uh, you know, I texted Joey and, and Wooly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the Beavers, I think it was down to around two minutes, right? And uh, the Beavers were at about their own forty-one or so. And I think they did you guys, you, you three guys, do you think that they started to panic? And that's why they were insisting on throwing down the left sideline? Because I just feel like they keep running. They were going to get into field goal range easily
5: and so leave us I'm, no I'm looking time. at the,
2: the play chart here. So that last four downs of that series for them, first down was a one yard loss. Incomplete pass. So that one-yard loss uh, at 3:45 game game clock. The uh, incomplete pass with three or four remaining. Another pass for six yards, uh, tackled by Bruner. So that brings up fourth and five with two minutes and 16 seconds. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they probably on on that second eleven, you know, just because you got the one-yard loss on first down with that running back and and are, you know, kind of a little bit of a weakness against the run, although we do buck up at times. You know, we did it against Oregon um, late in the game on their last drive to set up their fourth down that, you know, we got to stop on. Um, the You know, second 11, you can still run it. And you got three minutes to go in the game, and you're right. You know, if they, they run it another 20, 25 yards, they're going to get down in the field goal
1: range. And and easily, and not leave yeah. us this yeah. much time. <laughs> They would taken off. Yeah, I mean, they would taken off like
2: four minutes just to get to the forty, though. I mean, they were really yeah.
1: they were really winding yeah, away the clock. Good point. Yep, Seven fifty-five were, game they, clock bust. They were milking it. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: I, yeah, but but it's <laughs> like they they took so much time. I was like, oh man, they're gonna just they're gonna get down, kick a field. They're gonna waste all this time to kick a field goal, and then right before that. Uh, right before that series started, I was like, they may run out of time. They're going so slow.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're, not yeah. even like, they're not even, like, trying to go, trying to get, you know, hurried up here. So I was like, okay, just melt the clock and don't get past the 50.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was, it was one of the more interesting kind of, like, time chess matches I've ever seen. Because that was the same thing. I think I was panicking, and I was like, Wait, they're still at their own 35-yard line in there. I think at that point, you know, Martinez, uh, he wasn't the same as he was earlier in the game, you know. Your offensive line's probably a bit, you know, they're a little more tired. So they weren't just getting gains. I mean, it was kind of like, it seemed like they were trading off. They would get, like, a two-yard one, a loss, and then they would get, like, six, and then they would get, like, a loss. Like, it was... Uh, it was a good chess match, and I think the Huskies still had two timeouts. So if the Huskies could have forced a field goal and started calling timeouts, I mean it would have been like great. They now they're down by one, and they got um, the Huskies have a minute left. So it was uh, it was interesting, and I think uh, I mean you're also it's the conditions were bad. I think their kickers decent. You know you're also don't want to. It's also hard to, like, rest yourself on trying to set up a longer field goal for your kicker to win a game, which I believe also, Derek, you had a point. You've been complaining about it this year, and I uh, <laughs> you te- we, we we had a text exchange about it where, you know, when they went up by 12, they went for two and didn't get it. And had they just kicked the field goal, the uh, you know, a beaver field goal in that situation would have just tied the game instead because right. they – failed on the two point to try to make it 14 which isn't that big of a an advantage you know as opposed to the 13 uh, Right. they that could have cost them the game and it's the third time this season where they've done that where they've gone for two when they don't necessarily have to they could have just taken the one mm-hmm. and it made a difference because against ASU they would have went up by nine when they kicked the field goal mm-hmm. later and then against Utah they would have been up by eight for a lot of the game which is Eight, for some reason, is way more comfortable than seven because you're like, oh. uh, And not only because it makes them go for two to tie it, but, like, if they score a touchdown, like if Utah would have scored, you know, at the end of that game, uh, they don't, like, I think they would have gone for two and tried to win the game. So it's it's an interesting thing of, you know, yeah.
1: Well, am I interrupting you?
0: No, I was just going to say I think coaches are getting a little too – look at the chart or try to go for two sometimes too much early in the game and not anticipating being like, oh, hey, that one point, guaranteed one point might be more valuable than you think down the road.
1: Yeah, yep. plus what also doubly bothered me there was that uh, in that horrible, you know, uh, monsoon, uh, we're throwing like this cross-field fade route. that had no chance. Yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't yeah, even hate, like yeah. try to clear out an area and, and then have Westover or or, uh, or uh, oh for God's sake, what's a cult? Have have you know, have them sneak across the
0: middle there and throw it to them?
5: Uh, yeah, I don't you know, love.
0: They worked. They've worked, but you know we go back to the Bush Hamden days where for some reason his third down goal. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Goal to go play was always to fade to Ty Jones and never fucking worked. <laughs> yeah, never would. I Especially hate the des- design fades because it's like I don't know what if you just send four guys and and all the time one guy just doesn't get covered and it's an easy four yard like dump pass but instead you commit to throwing a friggin lobbed ball which half the time the guy gets interfered with and they don't even – they won't call it in that situation anyway. So, yeah, I don't want – I don't need to keep talking about it. But, yeah, I also don't like that play call. And in the Sark days, which
1: is why I have a little PTSD with it, is we'd get, like, third and one, and then we'd throw these long sideline fade routes that would float out of bounds. Um, (laughs) It always drove me nuts. It seemed like we did that about twice a game. So, uh, anyways – (laughs) no <laughs> um, another Seinfeld reference. So um this is one of the weirdest years. I know I'm speaking uh, you know, it's Captain Obvious or whatever, but it's one of the weirdest years I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. There's not even a there's not even a proper adjective for it.
0: So. Well, we're gonna go it's also the year which you know, everyone else can jump you in know, of like there's also been almost every game like a point or points where you're like, okay, if they just make like one play from here, this game is maybe not over, but it's going to be pretty comfortable where we all, you know, I'm not, I'm captain obvious is when you get the ball up by 12 and you're at like the 20 yard line, you're like, okay, they punch in a touchdown here. There's no, the Beaver offense is not going to, is going to really struggle in the rain to come back from 19 and they end up with zero points. And <laughs> Hand all the momentum back to back to the Beavers. Unbelievable. Uh, and you know
5: what? I, was, I,
2: I want to go back to your point, Willie, about the uh, going for two instead of taking the one on that touchdown. So let's get this out. It's twenty three to whatever ten. We get that interception. We make that field goal. Now it's a sixteen point game.
5: So Fifteen.
2: Yeah. In or uh, well, no, it'd be twenty six, right? Because if we took twenty two, we were yeah. up twenty two. So it'd be twenty three and then a field goal would make it twenty six. So oh, essentially sorry. For, just yep. for the Beavs, yeah, for the Beaves to, to tie the game, they essentially have to score four touchdowns when you think about it, you know, two two, two point conversions, uh, along with two touchdowns yeah. or, or some combination thereof. Um and that that uh uh what was it, the false start on the center where he flinched on the on the field goal there. And I was like, God damn it and then you know, Gross ended up going through the, the motion and kicking the field goal and making it. And I'm like, oh God, I think we just curse ourselves with that. And then sure enough, we backed him up five in those conditions and
1: Buck, if he doesn't. Why would it feel that
2: way?
5: Like? <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't
2: know why. <laughs> That's funny. My wife my wife said, Oh, okay, he he made it. He made the practice one. I go, he's gonna miss the second one.
5: She goes, You don't know
2: that She goes, You don't know that? I said, Sweetheart, I've watched so much football. I could leave right now. I know. I know the. I know how this movie is.
1: <laughs> well, I, well, I hope yeah. you gave me some kudos moments later.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, never get credit for never
5: get credit oh, okay. for that. You're so negative. You're so negative. Ah, why do you even watch the game? Ah.
0: Well, to keep the negative going, like. Uh, their, their, their inability
5: <laughs>
0: the inability Sorry, to see the <laughs> No, I'll give two uh, I'll give one positive after I mean <clears throat> they get to safety and then there was a penalty on top of it and Oregon State kicked off from like their own 20 or something you're like oh good this is going to be awesome and then somehow the Huskies ended up with the ball in like their own 35 I was like how do you add yeah. in a better field position <laughs> You're like uh yeah. I, the, the positive to me though was they finally, they finally in the in the last drive where you're like okay they got to get one first down and it's over. And the script the last two years has always been they're not going to win the game until it's over. It's never like they ever get the first down to like really plunder it, you know, to end it. And they got it, and they got it with the play call that we all hate of going yeah. with a a fade on third and short, you know, uh, which would have, they don't get it also stops the clock and saves the Beavers. It would have been bad because yeah, they would have, they had no timeout. So if they could have kept the clock running, they would have been able to run off a lot more time and they got mm-hmm. it. So that was, it felt good to have them get in the victory formation instead of having to be like, uh, we're going to have to go it on fourth down. And if they don't get it, the Beavers get the ball in good field position <laughs> or do the punt and then, you know, the punters is going to punt it into the end zone where you're like, shit, we only got like 12 yards off of that. So uh, that was a positive to me. And I'm finally kind of like in a situation where it's like make the play and the game is over. They, they did it. So that, that felt like a little bit like a little bit of destiny there.
1: Now I know that we're about 30 minutes into the podcast and there's at least Five or ten people out there yelling at their uh, devices or car radio or whatever. Uh, why aren't you guys talking about Grub? Um, I, I I don't share in all the hatred that I saw in the game thread for both him and Polk. You would think Polk had never caught a pass in his life looking at the game thread, but <laughs> that's yeah. uh, I had to I had to step in and defend him there because uh, that guy's been so incredible this year. But he was um, struggling. Uh, no, he, weather, no, he had a
5: horrible. The, he had a horrible. He, he, was
1: was... he was caught on camera before kickoff where they do that stupid all mic'd up thing where it all it does is make the players look like they've got an IQ of 70, you know, when they're just walking <laughs> around going, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But he's going, yeah, I wanted to rain all day, all day. And <laughs> then he can't catch anything. They said Polk uh-huh. is now taking off his gloves. Now he's put his gloves back on. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. We all say stupid things when we're twenty-one or whatever, but we're uh, twenty or however old he is. But, um, but uh, what was what was the point I was trying to get to? There. Oh, with grub. Uh, I don't share in all the hatred and that, you know, all the people calling him a fucking idiot and, and we need to fire him and we need to bring in Jonathan Smith as our offensive coordinator and all the other comments that were uh, going on there in the heat of battle. But what's wrong? Why does everything have to be either a handoff or throwing deep? Why can't, you know, I know we hit Westover a few times, but it, it seemed like there was a lot more to be had there. You could use your receivers as decoys to clear out the middle and move our our athletic tight ends across there. Or even we never see Dylan Johnson come out of the backfield and maybe they feel they need him in there to protect Penix or something. I don't know. But um, it seems like that could really catch somebody off guard if you sneak uh, uh, Dylan Johnson on a little one-two-three delay count and then have him sneak into the middle there and Penix deliver the ball to him and he could turn up field with a blocker or two and, you know, it, it, we just didn't seem to do that. We we wanted to, we're in a we're in a monsoon and we're throwing thirty yards downfield. So uh, I'll say this: you know, my my wife's
2: watching the game, and she grew up watching the Bears. So think about the Bears: all they do is run the goddamn ball. They have terrible quarterbacks, and she's a big proponent he's, of he's, run he's the ball.
1: Chicago Bears, not Cal Bears, folks. So yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you can go you know either play. way on that.
2: <laughs> 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 run the ball! Run the ball! Run the ball! Yeah, and right. she was just, she was getting so irate last night. And I go, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know why they don't run more a little bit early and just, you know, set, establish a, you know, a more manageable uh, series. But I go, the one thing, I, the only thing I can think of is is DeBoer's philosophy is kill shots. Go for the kill. And that's, you know, we saw it against Oregon. We saw it last night against Oregon State where they're like, okay we've got the ball let's let's turn around let's let's go for the jugular right now and then it, it turns around to bite us in the ass um you know when it works, it's great, but otherwise we get a situation like we had last night where we're like oh my god we we're, we just went three and a half twice in between two ten minute drives um you know and they even the announcers even made you know comment about uh Penick standing on the sideline like oh yeah, <laughs> you know he hasn't touched the ball in Three days how's he going to go back out there and, and play again, <laughs> um come off the bench cold like that so that that's the one thing I can think of is they just have that very aggressive philosophy of go for the juggler that's that's the only thing I can come up
0: with.
1: Mhm, but
0: yeah oh know the two play other than the two play you know game you're driving at Oregon, they're not very fucking good at it they uh Never never able to make it to connect on it. Uh and I mean I would just say a positive is at this point it has to feel like <laughs> they have some sort of good uh good uh conditioning. I know that's been brought up on the boards, because, like especially on defense, is this like in the fourth quarter, how many points have they given up in games of in the in the games after Arizona? I mean, they uh this is another one they just in the fourth quarter of their defense even if they get stuck on the field they they never seem to seem like they're they, they're suddenly gassed I mean, like mm-hmm. this is pretty impress- impressive I don't know if that's the benefit of them subbing a lot but i mean you had bruner who played like every play uh, i think neil fosio played a lot of plays though he he seems like he's not even out there uh, unless he's missing taking a bad angle um the conditioning <laughs> Yeah, because you're like, when they gave up that 10-yard drive, I mean, uh, the announcers, of course, also said it a hundred times, though, you know, what a big impact that was going to make, and then they went three and out right after, or they got, like, four and out or something, and they had to go right back out there, and the defense never felt like suddenly they were just gassed, so uh, that was a positive, and it seems like that... I guess that's kind of the way the Beavers play, anyway. But the, I, the way to have these teams, I think they're going to beat the Huskies by playing prevent and sitting on the ball. It doesn't work. It, it's never, it's never once worked. I mean, the two teams that have ever beat beat them, UCLA and ASU, uh, they did it by just going and score. So I think that's. If they get into really big games, you know, like in the Pac-12 Championship or to make the the, the playoff, it's going to be interesting to see. I think teams are going to. They're not going to play teams. So I think they're going to play this like ball control. You know, try to grind them out wins because it doesn't fucking work.
2: Yeah. I, I just did a quick look going back to the Arizona game, the, and I think that counts for seven seven games. My math is right here. They've given up three touchdowns and one field goal in the uh, fourth quarter, and then that's none. And it's hmm. uh, the three touchdowns are one per game. They're nobody scored two touchdowns. Nobody scored more than seven points against us in the fourth quarter.
1: And I talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I think it was, or if not the week before, but it's happened three weeks in a row. Do you guys notice, like, you get down to the very, very end of the game. It's really tense. The other team uh, takes possession of the ball for the final time, and they're very much in it, and it's, it's up in the air what's going to happen. And then it just seems like the other team just kind of loses its will and folds. USC did it, It happened to use Utah, and then it mm-hmm. happened yesterday when it looked like Oregon State, as we were saying a few minutes ago, we're going to drive down for the game-winning field goal or whatever. And uh, and all of a sudden, they went limp at the 40-yard line,
5: which we I had something we, to do with, of course.
1: But
2: I, I think we finally have uh, that team that you, you, you're clearly better than the other team, and the other team can't seem to figure it out how to beat you um, they put they put all their chips in the middle of the table and they can't they they just run out they just run out of gas at the end of the game and i th- I think you know we we have one of those team i keep i keep drawing parallels to this two thousand and fourteen Florida state team that you know came into the year number one after winning the national title and they had uh, half their games were within one score. I mean and these are mm-hmm. like against six and they're against six and six teams and teams that were playing in like the pinstripe bowl, you know <laughs> <laughs> and and at home. I mean they they had a they had a like a three point game against Boston College at home that year. And Boston College, maybe Boston College was the team I looked up that played in the pinstripe bowl. I mean, they—they they just had. It, it was a, every single week they—they they had some team that was that was, uh, you know, really, really put it all into into. Hey, we can beat the number one team in the country, you know, and and. You know we can ruin their their dream season here, and they they just couldn't do it at the end. It was Florida. I I can remember that team pretty well. Like they Florida State just they just were the better team, and and the other team just ran out of gas. And I keep drawing parallels oh. of that. Like you know Washington's just the better team. They're they're better better <clears throat> coached. They don't panic. They're they're just like oh okay you you got within two points. All right well. Uh, let's see if you can try it. Let's see if you can do that drive again. I bet, I bet you can. You know.
1: Well, I agree with I everything they... you're saying, but the, we are also the <laughs> second most penalized team in America.
2: Yeah, but those are bullshit penalties. We all know that, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Well, so I, I don't love the a... comparison because okay, <laughs> but Team <laughs> the board. That Florida State team came crumbling down, and uh, by what happened by getting don't, don't, demolished don't, by Oregon. Don't,
5: yeah. don't, <laughs> I damn <can't>, it. <laughs>
0: I don't like that comparison for that reason. Uh, and again, it was like, uh, no, I think it's a good point, Derek. I think one thing, whatever it is, of like having the quarterback that you know having the alpha quarterback or not like those teams they're playing against which i know one of them is Caleb Williams but i feel like mentally Caleb Williams is just like a good thing to watch if like mentally i don't he i don't think he's put it together in college he seems kind of like a big fucking baby and mm-hmm. he he really seemed like he kind of quit like a, like it was like third down and he was already quitting and i think even against Oregon you're like Oregon just had to go down and get a touchdown to win or field goal to 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 tie it but they have the dink and dunk and with Knicks and, you know, run the ball and, and unless they're they've thrown twenty five sideways screen passes to then throw over the top to <laughs> Troy Franklin. They have fucking nothing with Knicks. Uh yeah, I know where Penix is the guy who's like he wants to and he's gonna go down there and win the game or put the game away at quarterback. And you know, those other teams that couldn't do it against them, they that's I think that's part of what it is. Like they just don't got the quarterback that has the mentality and, and the ability to to really drive it through to win the game.
1: So um you guys want to talk about the couches now? Fuck 'em. Fuck 'em. Lone Star Dog, uh, we'll be getting to our questions in a little bit, but I'll here's one of them right now. He says how fucking greased are those Cougs gonna be? And Bob C says they'll be the most greased up team of all time.
2: So they're going to be yeah. greased up to start the game, but then it's just—I mean, it, you know—it's a fucking cliche here. It's a rivalry game. You know, throw the records out the window, blah blah blah. I—I I, I just think they're going to get out there and kind of like last year, where they—you know—they had a bunch of trick plays and they're like, "Ooh, we're in it, we're in it," and then. <laughs> We end up you know, winning by 20, and I, I can't remember if they even scored in the second half. Um, and you know, kind of knowing the way this Dub plays, I, I could see it happening, something like that, uh, with the exception I could see the game getting out of hand in the first half uh, as opposed to going all the way to the second. And then I just well, want to add we're one other due thing.
1: For, we're due for a big oh, three-step yeah. game of our own, as Joey was saying last week. So. Yeah. 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 Um.
5: You know, somebody, somebody
2: on the board about nil and getting um uh the coog quarterback to transfer you know and just like adding salt to the coog wound and i'm like that would be kind of that would be really funny to get him to transfer and then just bench him just <laughs> That's what he's not even the starter you know just yeah. just the, the all the saltiness that you see from the cooves about u-dub and just the uh, it's like it's obviously much worse than usual because of the uh, Pac-12 falling apart in the Cougs. Like, it's Washington's fault. It's all always Washington's fault. It's like, no, it's, you know, they had to do what's best for them. And really, USC and UCLA are the ones that uh, open the door. And, and then you can go back as well, like, you know, the fucking mismanagement of the conference for, you know, however many decades now. But
1: No, the Huskies are Michael Douglas, and uh, the Cougs are Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction. And that's going to be... The uh the name of the game. Do you, uh, now, we'll Joey boiling, and Willie, do you guys do you guys know that reference? Yeah, we're gonna
2: find our, our rabbit boiling in the in a
5: pot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys know tonight. that reference? <laughs> yeah, Joey, i don't yeah. No. yeah. Oh, that was for Fatal Attraction. Yeah. So that's from the eighties, but uh that's why that's why. Nacho is laughing, but uh, yep. So you're you're gonna see. Uh, <laughs> in fact, while we're talking here,
5: uh, I'll so go ahead eventually and find get, a, wait, wait, wait. I'll give.
1: <laughs> We eventually win. Oh.
2: Win. Right. That's what you're saying.
1: Oh, I I I'll, I fully I I'm not afraid of this game. I mean, obviously there's always a one in twenty chance that something crazy happens, but um, well, I, well, I, I'm just I'm saying. Not- I'm. I'm not overlooking the coup. The atmosphere is going to be
2: unbelievable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, uh I'm
2: not overlooking the coup at all.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one, their ultimate troll, ideal scenario of yeah you know, Washington eleven and zero final Apple Cup ever, uh, to get their chance to win and you know close it out with the biggest troll win of all time where. They would rather go one and eleven and beat the huskies than go eleven and one and lose to the huskies, so <laughs> yes. i uh it, this is their ultimate chance that gives me a little bit of nerves but I, I feel like in recent last ten years or so they've done this a lot where they like come alive the game before the Apple Cup, and then we all get all scared and then I think going back <laughs> to like, the Stark years, and they show up and you're like oh yeah they're they're so the Cougs. they're not they're not that. That they're not that great, and the the Huskies know they're better. Uh, but, yeah, there's some nerves there. It's going to be a crazy environment. We were looking last night, and just to get into the stadium, like, nosebleeds. It's over $200 to get one ticket. So, it's uh, hopefully that means that, you know, we're going to get a lot of Husky fans, and it's going to be a, a big home crowd. But uh, it's, it's an epic – the next two games most likely are going to be, like, what you want in college football. You know, you got this game with mm-hmm. the rival and then it's gonna be Oregon versus the Huskies with <laughs> the winner getting the Heisman and the winner going to the playoff most likely. So it's uh it's you're not gonna get any breaks down the stretch. It's uh you gotta just embrace, I guess. That's what you want in college football. It's gonna be, you know, the fucking biggest games of all time. Well, well, one well, more well thing I I'll
1: say I just posted it. I'll just say real quick, I just posted a GIF uh, on there, and I, I, uh, I, I tagged you guys on there. So go ahead. Go ahead, Nacho. Um, yeah, the Cougs,
2: the one thing that uh, I always love about when we play the Cougs is when they have something to play for, and they are five and six, so they, they have to win this game <laughs> to get bowl eligible as well. And that just adds that little bit of level uh, pressure on them. And you look back at the Pete years, you know, all those times when the Cougs are like, you know, they got the party bus chartered, uh, you know, they got Minshew, the greatest quarterback ever in, in Coug history. And they, oh, by the way, it's going to snow. We're going to kick the, the Huskies' ass. And it's like when they have something to play for is uh, when they typically don't do as well. And then vice versa, when they have nothing to play for is when they're like, fuck it, let's beat the Huskies. So I I'm, <laughs> I was happy to see them beat beat Colorado and you know, move to five and six, meaning this this is the game that could get them to a bowl, um, just mm-hmm. to give them a little bit extra pressure. So, well, they the Colorado looked like they completely mailed it in the other night. They were, you know, they had that play where Travis Hunter was um, shoving the <laughs> shoving the Coug player, you know, over the Gatorade table and playing a little dirty. I think I think Coach Prime was like had the flu or something he had the crud. <laughs> from Eklund's kid? From Eklund's yeah, he had, <laughs> comes full circle. He had the crud. He had the crud which was you know which was an excuse for Coach Prime but not a not an excuse for uh half of a top five football team uh against Arizona State a few weeks ago. But uh, anyways, um and I feel like we can use that excuse because we won the game anyways, so uh, <laughs> but yeah, it looked like Colorado was like you know just a team of uh like they're a team of uh peacock peacocks you know they they just kind of walk around like they're all tough and you know cool and and shit talking and stuff, and then. I think uh, once the season went along, they were kind of like, oh, yeah, we're all a bunch of, you know, uh, four-star guys that our teams didn't want, and we were too highly ranked, and we kind of suck." So, mm-hmm. I think they kind of <laughs> mailed it in the other night against the Coug.
1: Well, at the beginning of the year, I thought that uh, Coach Prime was a breath of fresh air, talking about player accountability and – and uh, I like the idea that Colorado had been down for so long, you know, seeing the program start to build back and everything. And now by the year end of the year and the way his kids are acting and uh, the way Travis mm-hmm. Hunter behaves, and all that, I just want him to lose every game. And it's like,
5: yeah, <laughs> he yeah. took his
1: son to a, a Denver Nuggets game in the middle of a week during the season, sitting courtside. And I just think, a, that sends the wrong message, and B, you shouldn't be looking like you're favoring your kids. I don't like that at all, but among a bunch of other things. But anyways, I've come – I've done a 180 on that whole thing, so.
2: Well, he does talk about the uh, uh, the player accountability or whatever, you know, and, and remember how the, uh, the jewelry got stolen, you know, out of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, Yeah, he was like, I want the Rose Bowl to pay for it, and and he was all... Did we
1: just get a recruit?
2: He was all... Yeah, right. Uh, He he was all gung-ho about, you know, punishments and all this shit, and then then they come to find out it was recruits sneaking into the locker room, and he's like, I don't want their lives to be ruined, and I... (laughs) I just want want them to get their second chance and all this stuff. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that that was a couple days ago. They found out it was uh I think what it hurt? was some US some UCLA recruits that had I snuck heard it was into, recruits but
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it was UCLA recruits they'd snuck into the uh snuck into their locker room or whatever. So definitely yeah, not over all of a sudden, he changes. He changes tune. You know,
1: terrible. Jeez.
2: Well, yeah. I, if if we're gonna get a recruit out of it, I want like I, I, <laughs> I might have said it on the duck refuge board. I, I want the Paul Richardson equivalent. I don't want Josh Shirley equivalent. <laughs> I, I might even take. I might even take the Shack Richardson equivalent. But don't give me the Josh Shirley equivalent. <laughs>
1: Let's uh let's go to some uh questions here and even though this isn't in the question thread, Cutwaffle says, "Hey, let's cut the horse <laughs> Romo Dunte is better than Reggie Williams."
5: Uh I say, uh, "Yeah. Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, I hey, I I'm not going to argue with if somebody says he's the best wide receiver in school history. I, I'm not going to argue with him anymore, you know?
1: He's been a rock. He's just been amazing. So consistent.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I think one of the things with Reggie is he played on teams with not much around him, so he put up probably maybe some uh, bigger numbers, and it mm. made him look more dominant, but it, it had a lot to do with the fact that there was really wasn't much else around him. And no running game,
1: which was my argument about yeah. Cody Pickett not being a Hall of Famer, but um, yeah. Yeah, you know, which, which may some people have said or whatever, but, um, just felt like he, yeah, he racked up all those yards because we, that one, not, not to go down that rabbit hole, but I mean, we averaged 2.2 yards rushing in that, uh, 02 <laughs> season, I think it was. Or was it 03? Oh. It was one of, it was either, we, you know, we did, we were, t- we could not run the ball. So, yeah. of course you're going to throw a lot of yards. So, um, and he was a good quarterback. I'm not saying he was crap. So, um, But Hall of Fame? Uh, so, uh, let's see here. Where the hell is it now? Oh, here we go. Okay. Now, just everybody out there, there's 55 responses to this. Um, so, uh, I can't guarantee we're going to get to every single question. But anything that's, a, a, you, you know, if you put effort into it, well, we're going to do our best to answer here or make some sort of comment. Uh, okay, sources says, why do we run on the first two plays of the game just to abandon the run for the rest of the game? Um, I would amend that question a little bit by saying, why is it like we bring in Tybo Rogers or Nixon at the weirdest moments and give them one huge play and then they don't? We don't see them for two quarters. That I don't mm-hmm. understand. Tybo looked, right. like he was
5: gonna, Tybo looked like
2: he was going to. Tybo looked like he was going to break. Uh, um, you know, a little dump-off pass in the middle, and it looked like he was really slow on that turf. It was really slippery, or something. He, it was like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna get the first down here, and then he, he kind of gets caught and stumbles, and it was like, oh god, the wet turf. Yep, now that might have it been first really like... quarter. That, that was, was.
1: I'll
2: look here. That was late in the game. It was our second to last series, I think.
1: Yeah. I thought it yep. was, I thought that was late third quarter, no.
2: There's another play where I'm Nixon by. uh Nixon is kind of he gets a uh carry off the off the left ta- off the left side of the line and uh he's kind of juking um and he and he ends up going left and it was like, "No, cut up, cut up, cut up, cut up." And he doesn't cut up. He went he tries to go outside and gets you know, wrapped up around the legs and I was like, shit, the big, big 10 speed, not as, not as quick as Pac 12 speed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Derek, you're right. That was late third quarter.
1: Okay. Yeah. It
2: was, it was, it was the right led up to the missed field goal. Yeah.
5: Uh,
1: that was, that was ugly, but, uh, I, I did I wasn't positive like Joey, but just like when I saw that ball go through I went, Oh shit. But I wasn't positive mm-hmm. we were gonna miss it. But uh and we we missed it. <laughs> um Purple Bays asked about Grub being allergic to running plays that gain five to six yards uh, per down. Um but we already kinda touched upon that I think. Um, uh we are and fire cohen asked about the Apple Cup, we already touched upon that. Um, okay, Willender, or whatever his name is. <laughs> who who do you want to play in Vegas? Serious Arizona or fighting for wins Oregon? <clears throat> I think either would be interesting. So
2: I don't care, but I, I, I Oregon. I want to I I want to just shut Oregon up. I want to shut the hype up.
1: And... Well, that's not going to shut them up. We can win fifty six. <laughs> We're not going to shut them up. <laughs> Yeah, I want I to. I want wanna, to be... I, I go
2: thirteen and zero with two imaginary losses against Oregon. And, uh... <laughs> so, somebody somebody posted on the board and like uh, it was like funnier or fun or something. Like it would be funniest if Oregon loses and doesn't make it, and then their fans are just you know uh, spouting off all year like, oh, Washington got lucky, didn't have to play us. Uh, but I think it'd be a lot more fun to play him and beat him again.
5: Yep. I'm i do not scared hear him either. Going...
0: No, I, yeah. I'm not scared. I just I, I'm tired of hearing about him. I would love for them to get embarrassed by the Beavs again. Uh, I yeah, not scared. I think it's a good matchup uh, that people don't realize because they all the fucking media losers probably didn't even watch that game and uh, just look at the scores and you know they're building them up off. I think did. What's I that? bet you some of this. I bet you a few of them. I know. It. I, I mean, I, I think they just act like I, I. I don't know how you watch that game and still push that narrative. Uh, that does, still doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, balance, I, I, I <laughs> The thing is, uh, Arizona doesn't look that much. I mean, Arizona might be fucking better than scarier than Oregon. Uh, that's, oh, that's, that's part. That, that's part of. Is. Yeah, that's part of the equation, and uh, you know that's that that's part of it. But I'd, I'd rather have them. I just it's just the, I'm tired of hearing the hype about Oregon and Knicks and stuff like that. So I uh, would prefer Arizona. As Bo Nix makes a 70-second
1: start,
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not that far off, man.
2: <laughs> he's got to be over. He's got to be over sixty at this point.
1: I think he's probably around fifty-eight. Uh, I think he was he was at around fifty-five when we played him. I think, or uh, the week after. I think. I always I always need uh, Wooly's help on this in pronouncing it esophageal, right?
5: <laughs> esophageal.
0: Esophageal.
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good answer this <laughs> is worthless Cut. uh is it possible for this team to be 11 11- <laughs> maybe i should run that one to be start the show um okay we'll run that one um he asked is it possible for this team to be 11 and 0 in a more stressful less enjoyable way um it's 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 been stressful yep um, Dirty South Dog has a question about DeBoer, but we already kinda answered that. Um of wants to know which players will sit out in our Fiesta Bowl matchup against Texas or Michigan. Um my, I
5: don't, I'll, think, I'll, any, I I don't
2: think any uh I don't think any players if we you know, if we made it to some you know cotton bowl against Tulane or something like that. I don't think any of the players will sit out. I, th- I think they will. No. Uh, I think they will play. I, I think. I think they all came Maybe back and, <laughs> and.
5: Yeah. But I, I think they
2: all they all came back and the, you know, like they they like being here. They like the staff or whatever. I, I, th- I think they'll all play.
1: They love DeBoer. You could tell.
0: Yeah. Love it. Yep. Yeah.
1: By the way, the story I heard the other day, which I guess occurred when Fowler and Herb Street came to cover the Oregon-Washington game, and I loved it. It was I, I, it might have been on the Friday before the game, or it might have been during pregame warmups or something. But they're down there on the like sideline, and DeBoer goes over there and he introduces himself as Washington coach Caleb DeBoer. They're like, "Yeah, we know who you are." <laughs> Oh, they they talk about this stuff on.
2: uh, I know I'm I'm the only one who I'm the only one who listens to KJR anymore. But they talk about this stuff all the time. Like, like he'll just come over to you know, Softy and Dick Fane or something. He'll go, Hey, hey, how you guys doing? You you guys, uh, you guys doing okay? Do you guys need anything? And they're like, they're like,
4: uh, they're
2: always like, they're always like stunned, like, like. Usually we're, we're used to being treated like shit here. You know,
5: <laughs> you know he's like, then, he's know, like
2: Midwest, you know, he's like Midwest, super nice, where it comes off all, you know, or it comes off awkward, like they're too nice, you know?
1: Well, like, like Rick Bannon said, he's the, he's the insurance salesman from Centralia, he's who's failing to beat his quota for the buds. <laughs> I
2: well, I wonder if he, you know, when he's when he's yelling at a ref, you know, when he's like, "Oh, come on. You got to be kidding me," you know, or uh, you know, there's no way. There's no way. You know, you can always read his lips. You know, it's never yep, like yep. It's,
5: it's
2: it's never like cuss words or whatever, but he's he's probably got one of those like one of those uh you know, Midwest nice guy tones to him where even when he's mad, the ref is probably, the ref is probably going, you know, talking to himself in his head going, you know, that, that DeBoer guy, he's, he's so nice. I bet he's right. I bet, I bet he's right. I bet we <laughs> fucked this call up.
1: <laughs> now you compare him to when Sark was here and, you know, Mr. Brozer's right. <laughs> Too cool for yep. school. So uh, yep. it's like it's the absolute, it's the opposite.
0: So,
2: yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, the the linesman's probably going, God, will you shut
1: the fuck up, you prima donna asshole? <laughs> <laughs> uh the roar of the crowd uh references uh Bruner and talking about him and uh we we already touched on Bruner. Uh there's there's some guy named Joey Dangerously. He says little known fact around here, but there actually was a nacho man in WWE.
5: So mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, It was a parody. Yeah.
1: Oh oh I didn't know it was a parody. Okay. A, uh, long One story. of the best parodies ever.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good.
1: Yeah. Uh Husky Hooligan says, I feel after a week's hiatus it would be appropriate to shout out Purple Banes and his massive dong. Okay. All right. Uh <laughs> do you guys think you get content like this on any other podcast? Mm. Nope. <sighs> or dog. Uh, Not yet. <laughs> uh, he has a question about Bruner Purple J with uh, I don't even want to see Purple J's uh, late night Google search history with some of the stuff he's posting here yikes <laughs> All right, are, are any of you guys looking at this is this the one with the no. uh, the bathtub filled with nachos well two men are bathing together yeah, in nacho tea
2: <laughs> yeah. no, I haven't looked at it yet <laughs>
1: <laughs> just avoid the thread altogether <laughs> I wanted
2: to keep it a surprise so
1: I, yeah and uh nacho has been asked by esophageal Theses, uh, uh, to rank the different cheeses according to their suitability for nachos and you, you can post that one on the boards if you want time to think about it um, yeah, I'm gonna to need to I go think... look my recipe book.
2: <laughs> I think you always, I think you always got to throw in a little pepper jack. In, oh. Uh, oh yeah, in your nachos. It, yeah, it's it's uh, you 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 get a plate of nachos back and it's you know it's that bag cheese that has that fucking waxy shit, you know, and they don't grate it themselves. You know, they I don't know, man. Got to got to kind of. Got to get some fresh cheese and mix it up a little bit with some pepper jack. And, you know, most people just go straight to the Mexican cheese blend. They're like, hey, let's yep. just do this. It's Mexican. But you throw something like yep. that pepper jack, get a little kick to it, man. It, it takes it up. Uh, yeah, you know your nachos, sir. It's a little, yeah, it's a little lazy. Just don't, don't yeah. get the big bag of Mexican blend. Just get the block of cheese and shred it yourself. It takes, it takes less than a minute. Yeah, take some pride in the nachos. That's what I always
1: say. Mm-hmm. You hammerhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I I don't know if he listens to every podcast or not. I was thinking about reaching out to him like maybe next week, uh SEC dog and doing like uh just a one-on-one 15 minute, you know, SEC championship preview and just let him go.
5: Um, <laughs> I think you should
2: I, I he and I were messaging back and forth on the on, on the board yesterday and today, and just like uh, you know, we're going back and forth on some stuff. And uh, it, his his demeanor is a little bit different in a message than it is on the board. Uh, he's a little bit more
5: uh, a little bit more like
2: grammatically understandable. And it was it was a nice exchange, you know, kind of bullshitting with him back and
1: forth. Well, he sent me 26 PMs last night. And, uh, it was a week ago. He sent me, I opened this thing up and there's this gigantic photo of a woman in her fifties. You can't see her face, but, uh, you see these like just gigantic tits. And, uh, he said it was some woman that was, uh, sexting him or whatever. And, uh, (laughs) and you know, everybody's got their taste and style and it wasn't really mine, but, uh, I, you know, I can't get rid of it, uh, but he, he he keeps sending me. It's <laughs> the same thread, and then if I scroll back up, all of a sudden it fills the screen. These big, gigantic knockers, you know, with like you know bolts <laughs> on them and everything. And uh, anyways, <laughs> ah, bless his heart. <laughs> I, I I enjoy him. I enjoy him, but he 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 will he'll get on a roll. And then if I don't, you know, if I step away from my computer or don't answer him right away, he will get a little bit like Pup and then start getting riled up thinking I'm ignoring him or whatever. But um, <laughs> that was, you know, Pup at his best, or I don't want to say his best, but he'd be sending me very cordial messages and stuff, and then he'd be like, what do you think of that? And then 12 minutes later, hey, Derek, I asked you a question. And then 20 minutes later, hey, you fucking, you know, why are you fucking ignoring me, you know? Then I mean, would you fucking calm down, you know? So uh,
4: Texas,
1: Texas Dog says, uh, and by the way, if SCC Dog, if you're listening to that, I'm not saying you're insane like pup. I'm just saying you have a little bit of it, just a little bit of it, if we're going to be honest. So um, Texas Dog says, what parts of our game need to improve for the conference championship game and the CFP? If the coaches can get the guys there, do y'all think that's enough to get to Houston and win?
5: <sighs>
1: I would be fearful against Georgia, but uh, just I'd love to play Michigan. I'd love to play Michigan. Just get in. Just get in, and fuck it. Love
2: we'll you know. We'll have a month to prepare for somebody. Just just get in. We won't have, won't have weather to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, just just, just get in. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll last say the, year, I looked, Oh, go ahead. Okay, thanks. I was just about to tell you. But, uh, you know, you look at the eight teams that are, you know, math, mathematically uh, alive, right? So we win the Pac-12 championship game. That knocks out Oregon. Um, that leaves it, what, six other teams. You know, the only other two teams that really – I don't even say they scare me because Alabama, I think, is a little bit one-dimensional. I don't know how good of a passer Milbrow is, but you know, Saban and Smart are the two best coaches out there. I, I feel like the Boar's right there with them. Um, those are the only two that I'm like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I don't know how we're going to do here. We're probably going to lose, but I think we're going to keep it close. I, I, I'm not scared of any of those other six or seven teams right now. Um, I just there's something with this team that gives me some little bit of awe confidence. And even watching the game last night when, you know, we had those couple three and outs, uh, Mrs. Nacho was up there just like, What the fuck aren't they running? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Well, you yeah, know, it's early in the game. I'm I'm you yeah, know, okay, it'll it'll happen. And she uh she's like, Oh, you freak out all the time. I'm like, well, I think this is my week to kind of remain a little bit more calm. And I'm just kinda of like <laughs> they're gonna be there at the end and they're gonna make the stop when they have to make the stop. Mm-hmm.
5: So.
1: Was that the week Yeah or <laughs> Say that again? I said, was that the weed talking?
5: That was no, joke.
1: no. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay.
2: Oh, I know, I get the joke, but no, it wasn't the weed talking. It was just me being like, <laughs> I'm like okay, here we go.
0: It, Will, yeah, were was you saying, saying a, something? Uh, yeah, my my quick answer to that is like last year, I would have been like, yeah, if they get in the playoff, like Georgia's gonna, they couldn't play with Georgia, I. I don't think they would play with Ohio State with Droud, uh, even though Ohio State was more prone to off games and got blown up by Michigan. Uh, where this year, I just don't feel like that. You know, there's a lot of years, too, where like 2016, I'm like, Alabama, you know, I don't think they're going to have any shot against, real true shot against Alabama unless something freaky happens. But this year, I don't feel like that. I think even Georgia, I don't think their quarterback's that good. Uh, and they just, I don't think they, it doesn't seem like they have. Uh, who was their defensive tackle last year? The guys now. Jalen Carter. In the NFL. Carter. Uh, Carter. I don't feel like yeah. they have guys like that this year. They don't really have, like, they don't have running backs or receivers that really are just terrify you or are a O line. So I, uh, you know, Ohio State's doing the same thing. I don't think they have a quarterback. So that's the beauty of it. I uh, think that they, if they get there, I don't think it's like a Herculean task to beat you know, those teams and uh, especially Michigan, like Michigan, their offense doesn't look that scary uh, and their defense doesn't look just like they don't have like Hutchinson or someone either, That they don't have like a a big NFL guy who's just going to be unstoppable. So it's uh, – it's, that's the, another interesting part of it all.
1: Yep. Uh, so we'll start to wrap up here. Uh, the knowledge. Um, he says – Oh, wait a minute. Is this a question? No, I think he's responding to Duke DuJour on something else, so never mind. Okay. Um, okay, the roar of the crowd says that both teams could somehow... Wait, who are they? Both teams. I wonder. I think he might be joking there. I don't know who he's talking about, so okay. Sorry about that if I missed it, but... Uh, Law Dog one Hey, Pods. Do Beavs beat Washington Bigley on a neutral field? Duck fans want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: How many have... uh how many imaginary games have the have the Beavers beat Washington at? Did they, did they uh they let's see, they lost the the Coug and who else did they oh they lost to Arizona, so we, we got one imaginary
0: game against the
2: Beavs. Uh
0: Well what else? Can I give can I interrupt you with another a good stat to kind of bury the beaves? I think Please last do. night it, did it make it eleven out of twelve to close out the beeves and the one win they got was the Jimmy Lake win and they barely got it. Like they were <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the beeves are not to be scared of. But, uh, yeah, last, a, I think I told you the yeah. other day
2: we, we kinda handed them their their fluky win, you know, two years ago. They're like okay, here's your here's your one out of every you know seven or eight years you can win a game. Besides any Gilbertson and Willingham era bullshit, to just throw that out. But yeah, we we kind of handed them their one fluky win.
1: Um. Oh wait a minute! I think I just skipped something, and somebody was trying to ask. You weren't there, man. Just wanted to reference this <laughs> with the play by Tully where he uh, submarine the guard and, and uh, tackled the guy. And it, it, it looked like something out of a comic book or something. It was pretty cool. So.
2: Yeah, we did. I, I just want to give a shout uh, out. I think it's PDX dog. Is, is that the guy's name? He, uh, he posted that. He said, Hey, that the play by Tully where he submarine the guy was great. And it was one of those double posts in the thread. He did it. And then, you know, in, in true hardcore Husky fashion, Everybody copy and pasted that and just you know said the same thing over and over again. So that's I think that's where he's coming up with that uh, that comment slash question.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, Swisher, sweet boy, was asking. He's saying not to be a Debbie Downer in light of eleven and zero. But how the fuck have we won all these games with the amount of penalties? Well, we've already kind of touched upon that. He says Sark's teams had more discipline. I don't know about that though. Uh, we're level headed. We're level headed team. Uh, I will say this, that I'm not against Quentin Moore or anything, but I just wondered why he, uh, you know, he had two holding penalties. Um, You know, we've we've got a bunch of tight ends, you know. I don't even want to come down on him or whatever, but it's just like his main contribution to the game was the the two penalties (laughs) and one of them in particular was a killer. So, you know, Um. Spoonie Love, we're almost done here, guys. We'll wrap up in five minutes here. Uh, Does regularly going for it on fourth down stink of, quote, desperation, or do you see it as a, quote, show of confidence? Um, We kind of talked about it in regards to going for two. Um, I think it's jumped the shark a little bit when you're routinely, you know, Oregon State was going for it on their own 39-yard line or whatever. They got it, though, but um, so you, I guess you can't well, they argue kept with it.
2: They kept showing that analytics thing where it says, you know, hey, fourth and five and under, go, or whatever. And uh, my analytics say you're not going to get it every single time, and you've already got it two or three times. So you're kind of playing with fire at a certain point, you know, and they, uh, that last time they went for it, that was. Was that the third or fourth time they went for it during the game? I mean, the other times it was, you know, fourth and two, fourth and three, you know, and they just ran it with, uh, you know, their overweight quarterback and got it, you know, and then they went for it on fourth and five, which it almost looked like fourth and six. That was mm-hmm. a long, that was a long fourth down for them to go for it. I I suppose they kind of had to, you know, they, they, I mean, you could argue they could have punted it and pinned Washington deep, but you know, yeah. I mean, it's, eventually you're gonna you're you're gonna miss one, and, and you're gonna you're playing with fire. You're not gonna go. A, it, every team is not gonna go 100 percent on fourth downs during a game. So
1: you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I think it, it leech up the
0: a, shark. It's a big topic, but I've always said, too, of, like, the analytics don't always factor in momentum and, like, how how much, you know, vice versa, uh, touchdown stopping – I mean, game someone off the field on fourth down hypes up the other team and kind of deflates you. And I'd even say that a little bit with the two-point thing. Like, when you get a touchdown and don't get the two-point, even if it's not that big of a deal sometimes, it kind of creates this weird, like, it kind of sucks yeah. the momentum back a little bit a lot of times because <laughs> it's, like, a big – like it did last night too. Like where they were like, oh, it's like shit. Now you have an unsuccessful play. So I think that if, I think the analytics people forget, especially because football is such a game of momentum that like not getting one of those can really, even if analytically, it's not a huge deal. It really can change the the way the game's going.
2: It feels like uh, you know when there's a. I don't. I don't know how closely you guys watch baseball or anything, but it feels like you, you know the you've got a three game series of Friday Saturday and Sunday three game series and you know uh, the Mariners win the the Friday game and the Saturday game but they drop the you know the afternoon Sunday game you, you won the series but it feels like like uh it feels like, like, it feels like you, you, you yeah you're deflated just a little bit and you but you you took you really took care of business but it's just the, the one It's just the last, uh, you know, the last uh, impression you have Mm -hmm. It's like that failing that two point conversion. Yeah, it's like Wooly says. It's like the last impression you have. It's like, oh, we got the six, but we failed on this two pointer. You know.
1: And again, it's a little. You didn't even do a hyperbated thing. You're doing a fade route into the monsoon, and the ball is like two feet over his head.
5: Yeah, I feel
1: like Frank Costanza having, you know, the flashbacks of Korea, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, I was just beside myself, and when we were lining up, I went, this isn't going to end well. I, it was just like, Joey, with you in the, in the uh, second chance on the field goal. Um, I was just like, no, you kicked the extra point there. So, anyways, we won the game, so, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, uh, Spoony Love, uh, real quick here, has a secondary question. He said he'll be at the Outlaws, quote-unquote, unquote, for Thanksgiving, hardy-har-har, har, this year. Is it good house manners to close the door while you're peeing in the sink or are under a urinal <laughs> rules for a number one? That would be to the door if it was not obvious from the question. I'll take he, my you know, answer he off the top. Probably...
2: He could probably take two uh, piss breaks during Greengrass and High Tides.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um.
2: I hope some people got that reference. I bet Yellow Snow got that reference. So I did not. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, the Outlaws is a southern rock band, and Greengrass and High Tides, is, they, they've been known to play that song for like 20 or 25 minutes. Live. Oh, okay. they're a jam band. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They got they got a couple hits. So
1: uh Lone Star okay. <laughs> earlier I I already mentioned this like forty five minutes ago, but Lone Star Dog said how fucking greased are those Cougs gonna be and Bob C said they'll be the most greased up team of all time. <laughs> and the Lone Starred yeah. dog has a picture of a guy in his underwear, and he's rubbing oil all over his bare torso. So, yeah.
5: Wooly Dude, yeah. this
1: is your legacy to the world. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Hell yeah! It'll end up it'll end
1: up in the urban dictionary, I'm sure. So, God willing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, okay, so all right. Last two questions, and then we will say our goodbyes. Sonny Shackelford says, "Can we get some local media bashing, please?" Uh, well, Mister KJR listener, do you want to say anything? Or
2: uh, uh, be a be a fun be a fun week listening to you know <laughs> cunty Jason Puckett,
1: and
2: you know old bitter <laughs> piece of shit Jim Moore. So. Be a fun week. Is Jim
1: Moore on the air? Yeah.
2: But where, where is yeah, he? Yeah, they have ten ten to one on KJR.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Okay, I haven't yeah,
5: communicated the, uh, with him in uh,
1: like a year.
2: You want me to go hmm, through okay. the lineup on the uh, Husky flagship station?
5: Please. That's no. uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <All right. laughs> I, I
2: have one media personality that I want to I want to bash right now and it's uh this is going to be it's an ironic fashion and it's Mike Varrell because he's leaving us so oh. fuck you Mike you should have stayed as the beat writer for, until I'm dead how uh, dare you another 30, 30 35 years i don't care what your career aspirations were you're the best beat writer we ever had and now i hate you for leaving us yeah hands
5: down <laughs> yeah
2: he was
1: great yeah
2: yeah yep, yep. agreed
1: and then, Husky fan in B.C., uh, one of our Canucks. <laughs> yes. Such a weird game last night, he says. The first half was just about what I was expecting slash hoping it might be, and then we all know how the second half unraveled. Takeaway. It's such an odd feeling to be 11-0 and and to still feel bittersweet about the Huskies' performance. These are great and odd times to be a dog fan. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here, here. All I. right. Well, gentlemen, uh, we will reconvene a week from now. though Man Savage, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for the invite. And I appreciate it. And uh, all right, guys. Well, we'll we'll all talk soon. I'll get to I'll editing here. <laughs> all, all right. right. Ciao. Hey. Okay, bye bye. Go dogs.
4: Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes. Especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's
1: Wigwam, yeah.
4: Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but.